And a good afternoon to you. This is Kevin Gallagher, and today I have something special for you. We're going to skip my usual dive into new jazz and bring you my interview with folk blues man Eric Bibb. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Thanks for supporting WPKN and programming like what's coming up. from Atlanta, Georgia. He was a preacher's son. Sunday morning in the pulpit with the spirit. Friday night having his funky like that. Blues funky like that. He wore Stacy Adams shoes. Dancing hat. And when it had enough whiskey, it sang the blues It's my great pleasure to welcome to the airways of WPKM blues man and folk artist, and I believe historian of sorts, Eric Bibb. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. Your, you know, your music finds its way into my program more often than not. I love what you do. You speak to my concerns about what's happening in the world today, and you do it with great songs and keeping it funky like that. <laughs> Congratulations on another fine outing with this new album, Riding. Thank you, Kevin. I tell you, you know, uh, I think it's a cumulative process. You know, you, you take with what you know to the next project and on and on and on. So for me, this is the most representative and finest work that uh, my producer and I have shared with the world. So I'm glad you like it. Oh, good. Well, you got uh, lots of stuff came before it. So that's that's a lot of uh, statement there. <laughs> you know, the album has a gentleness about it that I really dig. With all the negativity and anger around these days, I'm really into being gentle. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Oh, I'm so glad that you pick up on that because, you know, at this point, gentle is the way forward uh, anything else is just going to add to the practice people who know that have have come a long way and hopefully will be able to lead the way but there are other hotter heads who seem to be you know dominating at the moment you know on the on the kind of global scene and i just hope that the gentle way prevails <laughs> lately i've stopped thinking in fighting terms War's not the way I choose But the world right now Looks like a battleground Where every one of us Stands to lose Holding, holding, holding the line There's been a couple of interesting, positive things happening in the States here just recently. But, you you know, you're when you write, you're writing about love and kindness and also many stories about black history and current events. Am I right that this record's songs are a reaction in part to some of the disturbing trends in the United States? 
truly, of course, but it's ongoing. Let's not make any uh, mistake about the fact that this has been a constant in the lives of many of us. You know, I refer to the civil rights glory days of the 60s, the mid 60s, when there was a unified to a degree coalition of people who were really intent on bringing some kind of uh, balance and justice to uh, particularly, you know, the southern part of the, the, the region. And I, I think of the bravery, I'm just finished writing a song about Goodman, Schwerner and Cheney. And I think, you know, we've come a ways, we've elected a dark-skinned president, but you know, the deeply rooted prejudices and attitudes that have uh, dominated for centuries are still with us. And it's reflected in, as you say, major events like the George Floyd murder. But what I want to point out is this is essentially nothing new. Unfortunately, this is just a, a stubborn ghost that's going to be with us until we really face our history in a very, you know, straight on, honest way. Keep holding, holding. What do you think is going on now, you know, with uh, people like the governor of Florida and other state legislators trying to legislate like what you can read, for instance, because they don't like the history that they see in that, even though it's a true history. It's uncomfortable for some. It's uncomfortable for everybody. Let's get real. But the, the, the solution and the way forward to peace and prosperity and, you know, uh, a society that is not constantly on the defensive. The way forward is uh, basically not censoring the true historical record, but it's happening. And as you say, it's happening in a kind of like uh, high up on the food chain level. And this is one of the reasons why I feel encouraged to write songs that include narratives uh, uh, about the, the way things have really happened, because there may not be an opportunity to easily access that information otherwise. You know, there are great books, Kevin. I'm a big reader. People are writing wonderful books. It seems like the woke, as it were, community of, of writers, both fiction and nonfiction, are really in a renaissance. But it's a bit like preaching to the choir. I don't know how many people really read those books. They're not all airport bestsellers for sure. So at the end of the day, you know, information is going to be shared in the ways that we can share it. And songs has always been a, a way of sharing topical information that otherwise would be a little bit below the radar. radar. So mm -hmm. it be part of that tradition. Well, you're, yeah, you're definitely telling stories that I don't think people are really understanding. Like, like the song, The Ballad of John Howard Griffin. Now's a good time to tell you about a good man Who tried to help the world finally understand That it's so wrong to judge another by the color of their skin That good man's name, John Howard Griffin John was a white man who just had to know 
how it feels to be a black man in the land of Jim Crow. So he underwent treatments to turn his skin dark brown. Then he headed down south to take a look around. John Howard Griffin. You know, if this keeps up right now, it looks like you may have one of the first records that's banned. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, see, you know, listen, man, and let me let me emphasize something. What's going on there in the U.S. of A. is going on globally, and what I mean is, there seems to be a spiral of of you know downward kind of like blinders on your eyes we need to really limit the information the true information that we have access to so you have world leaders uh, around the globe uh, essentially deleting stuff from the, the historical record that that needs to be in the spotlight it's a crazy idea folks said you get yourself killed but John found a doctor who prescribed special pills and he laid on the sun lamp, cotton pads on his eyes, till one day in a mirror he saw a man he didn't recognize. I don't write political songs. I write songs about human beings who I feel connected to. And of course, everything these days is politicized. Everything. But the brutal history of the United States and other places is obviously going to be a real arena for side-taking. You know, people can actually now... It's like people who don't acknowledge the Holocaust. I mean, can you... It's like flat world society or something. You know? mm -hmm. Bizarro world. <laughs> it's bizarre. So, you know, you do what you can. And I feel like writing songs about real stories, uh, giving voice to people who didn't have the voice uh, when it was their time, um, I feel like that's a bit of a responsibility. Uh, and it's certainly inspiring for me as an artist. I, I hope you know about that man, John Howard Griffin. Yeah, well, you do a good job. I mean, I believe that life needs and movements need a good soundtrack, and your albums and songs provide that. You, I mean, you give a good groove and a message at the same time. So, thank you for pointing that out. You know, you mentioned the groove factor. I got my my partner, Glenn Scott, is a producer par excellence. No kidding. Who, who is just, um, you know, it's like the universe pairs up people who are supposed to be working together. You know. Uh, the Beatles had their George Martin, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, Glenn Scott is a guy who not only musically is, is just beyond description, but on a, on a spiritual, reflective level, philosophical level, we're on the same page. So when a, a, a potent idea hits, something else takes over. It's not just two musical guys trying to make a, a splash in the musical world, something else kicks in and we feel that and uh so i'm glad people are recognizing it sure did he produce the uh, whole world's got the blues yes oh Can, i mean i couldn't get off that track forever i mean it 
it's just got a nasty moaning guitar work yeah, by Eric. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That's Eric Gale's. Music. Oh my lord, it was no, too much. It's too much. It's really, it's like almost supernatural. I know. Blues in the magazines, blues on the radio, blues on the TV screen. Everywhere you turn, seems like the whole world. Biden is such a great bookend to Dear America, the previous album. I love Born of a Woman for the same reason. It's got this kind of uh, incredible steel pedal. Is it, I think it's Chuck Campbell on that. And yeah, it's, Chuck. it's Chuck on that Dear America album, the preceding album, yeah. Yeah, and then Shanika Simon is killing it with you in that song. It's it, It's got such a great message because the women are, are being pushed back so much right now. Every man on this earth I love music and, and invariably, you know, talking about the music that I'm interested in, you know, you get into all of the, the flashpoint issues, you know, but the misogyny around the world, which is acute in certain parts of the world, you know, from A to Z, but man, uh, you wonder, okay, this must be the end of some kind of heavy cycle. We have to, we have to soon uh, go, go in another direction because this is, this, this is as insane as it gets, you know? Yeah, I, well, I get the sense that it's sort of a minority who's feeling they're losing their grip and there's so many other, like, different people and they're pushing back against the differences and that's what makes us so strong, I think, and, and you're just pointing that out in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I know from experience, just having lived through the 60s, that basically um, when you take the moral high ground, then you will stand firm, you know, like a tree planted by the water. And if you join that whole tribe of, of uh, rainbow tribe of people who have forever, you know, taken that stand, you know, and certainly in the spirit of a person like Gandhi or Martin Luther King, well, man, you can't lose ultimately, you know, ultimately it's going to swing your way because that's the way it works, but uh, it can be a long, long winding road. <laughs> sure. We're talking to Eric Bibb right now, blues man, great singer, songwriter. Say, so let's talk about the new record. I mean, I, I hear some jazz in this album.
Well, you know, uh, in including the great Russell Malone on guitar on two tracks was a dream come true. And, you know, for me, the jazz thing, you know, my uncle, John Lewis from the Modern Jazz Quartet. My I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, well, he was uh, my direct key into that room in a, in a mansion of many rooms. But the whole jazz thing was a, a sound that was part of my soundtrack growing up just as much as the so-called folk uh, and, you know, country blues soundtrack that was essential to, to, to my formative years. So uh, I don't really, uh, and you know, to tell the truth, um, the music of somebody like Ravel or, or Faure or, or uh, Satie was also very interesting and, and prominent, you know. So all of the things that influence you, whether it's, you know, music from Brazil, Milton Nascimento, or, or choral music from Senegal, you know, uh, it's it's going to find its way into your expression once you have had a chance to distill it. You know? Sure, sure. So you you hung around with a lot of jazz people as a kid. You're probably seeing a lot of different things going around. If your uncle was John Lewis, you're not wrong, man. I I had a Coltrane period, like a lot of people. I had a period where I traveled around to every Pharoah Saunders gig I could get to. I went down to you know St. Mark's Place and heard great music. Mm -hmm. uh, live, you know, I went to the Village Vanguard, I saw Betty Carter, you know, I was there around a time when it was all pretty much accessible. Uh, you know, you pick up the Village Voice and decide who you were going to go see. If it wasn't Richie Havens, you know, uh, you know, it would be Pharaoh Saunders, you know. Yeah. Right. So your father, Leon, he brought you towards the blues more and that's why you ended up in the blues? Not specifically. My dad brought me into music, capital M, all kinds of beautiful music. Uh, he opened many, many, many doors. Um, he was familiar with um, being from Louisville, Kentucky. He was certainly, con you know, connected to the blues, but that was not the music that professionally he um, focused on. He was really a, a trained singer who studied leader and opera and really had visions of being uh, a star on the Broadway stage. But having parts denied to him because of his color, uh, he just decided, well, this is not going to work out. So I'll uh, put together a repertoire of folk, folk songs that are familiar to me and from my background and join that world. And he did, and successfully so. Uh, but he was also, you know, a successful musical theater. I got a home in that rock, don't you see? I got a home in that rock, don't you see? Up between the earth and sky, thought I heard my Savior cry. You got a home in that rock, don't you see? Poor man, Lazarus, poor as I, don't you see? And Lazarus poor as I Don't you see Poor man Lazarus poor as I When he died Found a home on high He had a home Don't you see Rich man dies My, my uh, interest and focus in blues Really uh, can be um, 
uh, traced to the early days of, of listening to people like Lead Belly and Big Bill Brunsey and Josh White. Uh, at 15, I met a friend in high school who turned me on to all manner of country blues and Chicago blues, you know, from Charlie Patton to J.B. Hutto, uh, my friend David Meyer. And that baptism into, you know, the blues, as it were, just carried on. When I moved to Europe, I met a friend in Stockholm who owned a record store who had one of the most extensive collections of pre-war country blues I've ever seen anywhere. And I just dove into that hmm. for years. So I was directed somehow, guided to uh, a kind of uh, uh, marination in, in country blues, which became a foundation a reinforced foundation, because as I said, I was exposed to it very young, but a reinforced foundation for my songwriting. Cool. Well, you made it your own. You've put a stamp on it and modernized it. It's, uh, you know, it's just yours, you know, it's uh, Eric Bibb sounds. Thank you for saying that. It's to hear somebody uh, apart from me think it and say it is, uh, an experience I can't really put words to, but it's a testament to a, a journey that's been, you know, spanning decades and decades. And I'm just so glad I've stayed with it. It's still a magical mystery tour. Sure. Well, uh, speaking of tours, are you ever going to get over here so we can see you live? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just finished a two-month tour, the longest tour of my career of Australia. And it was great. And it was smooth. Uh, and it was probably the last real long tour I'll do because I realize at my age uh, I've got juice for a lot of things but I really don't want to be hauling suitcases all over around the world especially at a time like this when I feel like I've done that to a large degree and really want to focus on other things however uh, I uh, I do do you know selective gigs here and there wherever uh, you know I feel like I'm being sent <laughs> I need to have that nod from the universe, like, man, this is a gig you need to do. Whether yeah, like New York, right? yeah. come on, come over to New York, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well so, I just hope, uh, hope we get to see you over here at some point. It'd be nice to. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, my 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 original home of New York will always be, you know, New York. Uh, there's no other place like it, and um, I'm sure there's a gig coming up around the bend uh, somewhere there. So what about the, the recording process? Are you like, is it, a, is it an electronic sharing of tracks and stuff? Or are you getting together with any people like Taj Mahal or, or, or oh, Eric Gale? How yeah. did that happen? It's, it's all of the above. You know, I've, I've known Taj since forever and um, we've collaborated before in person and we've collaborated, you know, through sharing files and, you know, whatever works depending on what our schedules are. The last time I saw Taj, to record live, not the last time I saw him, but the last time I saw him to record together was actually on a blues cruise. So it's like that, uh, it's whatever works. You know they had me hooked. 
If I really want to work with somebody, um, whether I fly to New York and get together in a studio in New York, you know, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. Ron Carter, or whether I send a file to Russell Malone, mm -hmm. at this point, it's like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if it's going to happen the way I want it to happen, it's going to happen because it needs to happen that way. So uh, we've been really fortunate. We've reached out to people. Uh, Taj is somebody who is... Uh, as I said, been a friend for a long time. So bringing uh, John Tavius Willis on board, which is like the next generation of younger, you know, African-American blues troubadours, you know, it's Taj, it's me, it's John Tavius. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see people just uh, carrying on the tradition. You know? Well, I bet you that one collaborator you're going to collaborate again with uh, will be Habib Koite. You know, I, we, I, we Don't Care is almost a theme song on my show. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, have, have singled that tune out because it's an important one. We love to fly first class. Someone else pays the ticket. We love our juicy food. Long as we don't have to pick it. We love our fast food. Don't care about hard love to gossip Don't care about the facts We want the gold Long as we don't have to mind Don't care who suffers Or who's behind it We want the cool running shoes Don't care who made them don't care if they go to school or what the company paid them. We don't care, we don't care, we don't care. We don't care, we don't care, we don't care. We want the cheap gas. I'm going to see Habib, it's interesting that you mentioned him. I've got a show, a big show, at the Field Harmonie in Paris with uh, not only uh, Habib as a featured guest, but also the great Dirk Powell and Cedric Watson. Wow. Yeah, uh, Lamine Sissoko. Uh, it's going to be quite a show. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Habib again. He's somebody who I'd love to make another record with. Yeah, you can hear that you guys get along really well. You're like, uh, you sound like brothers from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Yama, yama, yama. Yama, 
show there i'd like to see that over here in new york <laughs> i'll keep pushing yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah i would like to you know the thing is the logistics of, of, of transporting big shows the best thing you can do is film it with you know like yeah yeah that would be good yeah yeah we'll see what we can do yeah that'd be good for sure you what about your popularity you think you're stronger over in uh, europe than you are over here in the states Hard to say, you know, Europe is like a lot of different territories. The States is the States, big, Canada is big. I've traveled extensively both in the States uh, and in Canada, as well as Europe and Australia and, you know, other parts. But um, there's data out there that I could compare. But, you know, I will say this, you know, because the States is so big and because it's so diverse, it's very difficult to get a handle on what that fan base really is. It's easier in England, it's easier in France, it's easier in Australia, just because uh, it's a smaller area and you have traveled to just about every major place or, you know, that, that, that you can play music in. The sure. So uh, it's hard to say, but uh, I gotta tell you, I get messages every day from everywhere. So I, I, I can't say that there's a place that's neglected. Well, we're speaking with Eric Bibb, and I'm really pleased to have him here. I can cross this off my bucket list. I always wanted to speak with you, Eric, and it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Well, well, I got pigs, I got cows, I got sheep, I got all kind of animals on the train. Oh, the ride line is a mighty good road. The ride line is a road to ride. Well, the ride line is a mighty good road. If you want to ride it, got to ride it like you find it. Get your ticket at the station for the ride line. Jesus died to save our sins. Glory to God, we're going to meet him again. Well, the ride line is a mighty good road. The ride line is a road to ride. Well, the ride line is I can't let you go without talking about your album, Lead Belly's Gold. I think Lead Belly is one of the great singers, songwriters, if you will. You know what I mean? It's before there were singer songwriters. And that album to me with J.J. Milteau, I think it's great to hear all those songs sort of modernized to, to more palatable to the ear or better recording quality, you know, whatever it is, it, that album's great. What do you have to say about Lead Belly? I mean, I don't know if people understand how many great songs that guy wrote. Oh, I'm so happy you brought that name up. Uh, first of all, let me tell you that Lead Belly for me is like the, you know, Alpha and Omega, you know, he's like uh, 
the beginning and the end of the whole thing, man. If there was one human jukebox, you know, that represented the total spectrum of Americana, from blues to, you know, cowboy songs, it would be Lead Belly. He gave us so much more than we could ever calculate. He influenced people like Lonnie Donegan, who, you know, was instrumental with launching the Skiffle Movement in, in the UK, which mm -hmm. influenced all of those British invaders from the Beatles on out. So, Lead Belly's influence as a songwriter and as a musician, as a force of nature, cannot be underestimated. So, I'm really glad you brought out that album. It was an album that I felt like I had to do. It was suggested to me as an idea by Philippe Langlois from Dixie Frog Records in France. And uh, it happened over three days, you know, in a, in a little club. I'm just so happy you mentioned it because uh, it's a it's an important record for me. Really it is, and it's great because I don't know if my listeners understand just how many awesome songs uh, <laughs> he wrote. I mean, Midnight Special, uh, Rock, Rock Island Line, Emmy. Good, good, yeah, that one is the most amazing to me. It's, yeah, well, it's timeless. And well, he sang songs that he heard on the radio as well and adapted songs. But the thing about that's amazing about uh, Lead Belly is he absorbed any song that tickled his fancy. And it didn't matter, you know, what side of the tracks it came from or what its origins were, where it was Irish or whether it was, you know, Gullah or whatever, you know. If it found its way into his hands and his uh, his voice, then it was a, a memorable piece of music. And he was like a real human jukebox. Was somebody who could hear something once or twice and, and then he could play it, you know. played a lot of songs that were like traditionals, but he sort of owned them. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, you know, what a, what a role to play. I mean, he was really the, the conduit for uh, many traditions flowing through the folk music that then became uh, more popularized in the mainstream. We had Led Belly to thank for all of that. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yonder come a Miss Rose and the world do you know? Well, I know about a paper and the dress she wore. I'm a river on the shoulder. She's a paper in her hand. Well, I'm going to ask the governor. He's trying to lose my man. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. I 
I read that Lead Belly Sawmill Moan was the first time that Woke was brought up, and that was back in the 20s. Wow. Wow. I'll check that out. Yeah, it, it said you got to stay woke so you don't get in trouble with the white man. Wow. <laughs> in the song. Wow. Sawmill saw Moan. I was, I was shocked when I read that. Okay, well, you know, really, in the end, nothing's new. And when it comes to language, and particularly African-American slang, I mean, it was hip from day one. And, you know, I'm so happy that there are recordings of the way you, people used to talk and the vernacular because what a treasure, and you wouldn't want it to be lost. You know? When Panthers roam the Delta, I drained your swampy land. I built your railroads with a hammer in my hand. I picked your cotton, cut your sugar cane. I'm a man, not your boy. You will call me by my name. I fought with the Rough Riders on that hill down in Cuba. Dug that canal in Panama, nearly died of yellow fever. In 1917, Uncle Sam called, I came. I'm a man, not your boy. You will call me by my name. So we'll finish up here. What was your favorite song on the on the album? Or do you have? They're all your babies. You don't want to pick one. On, on the new album, Riding, uh, I would say. Oh, that's a great question. All right. You know, I'm going to say this, and it's really a difficult answer to, to make, but I'm going to commit to. On the new album, Riding, is a version of mine of a song that many people used to sing during the folk, you know, heyday, 500 miles. If you miss the train I'm on, then you know. I'm gone, Lord, I'm 500 miles from my home, 500 miles, 500 miles, 500 miles, 500 miles, Lord, I'm 500 miles. For me, it kind of glues together my past and my present, and probably my future, you know. Uh, it's just one of those songs that um, hit my world uh, with a big, big, big boom, you know, when I was uh, quite young, uh, you know, mid-teenager. And uh, it's just one of those songs that will just always be with me, you know, yeah. Well, I, uh, I find it uh, an evocative album. It's, uh, it's great. So congratulations on putting it out. And, and get yourself over here so we can see you live. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. It's been lovely talking to you, Kevin. And thanks for spreading the word and keep broadcasting because uh, I tell you, man, keep it strong. 
that voice needs to be out there. And I know uh, we're up against it. Well, our listeners are really supportive. I mean, they really Good. take care of WPK. And we've been here a long time, 60 year anniversary. So we, they, uh, they pony up every year. So, and, and you, you would love the station. You check us out on WPKN.org because it's all blues and jazz and folk and rock and you name it. We, we play the genre. I'll do that. You're online, of course. Yes, WPKN.org. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Kevin, thank you for that, and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. Great. Thank you, Eric Bibb. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. 500 miles, 500 miles, Lord of 500 miles, yes, I'm 500 miles.